Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. All right, all right, all right. Before we get started today, we just wanted to say welcome to the club. Footwork.club is now live, the official footwork website where you can find all the footwork content, including some new features. That's right. Along with our podcast and guests, you can find exclusive written articles, including blogs about our own stories, free products that can help with chasing the dream, as well as our first official merch. All that and more. So join the club. Very excited about this guest today. We have to give a shout out to Aaron Yenny for, for hooking this up, setting this in motion. Um, to, yeah, the, yeah, it's the best. <laughs> so today we have Chen Yulu. Oh my God. I just, I said it before and then I choked. Chen okay. Yulu Asher on the pod. Welcome to the club. Thanks for joining Footwork today. Thanks for having me guys. Super excited. Awesome. So we have a little motto here and we like to start off each podcast. Uh, make your own path. Basically, you know, choosing <laughs> your own, your own path, you know, following your own dreams. You're not held to the same standard as you know, society may place on us and do regular jobs or anything like this. So what does making your own path mean to you? Yeah, um, I, I think you you had a good definition as well. But um, I, I'd say making your own path is, uh, it's a lot about like staying true to, uh, I guess, what lights like your own spirit, your own passions, mm-hmm. and kind of using that as like your light through the tunnels or just like on this this is gonna sound cheesy but just like on this life journey um there's just like a lot of like expectations stereotypes you know typical ways that people you know highlight that you have to get from point a to point b and it might not look like yours but kind of staying true to to your passions and um, what makes you different like throughout that and um, maybe not paying attention to to everything that that might try to draw you away from that so Mm. I think the best answers are always yeah. a little cheesy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree. There's, there's realness in the in the cheese. Love it. Oh wow, we're starting it off with some great quotes. <laughs> and, and speaking about the cheese, um, I I actually played a season in Mongolia, and the Western neighbors of Mongolia, Kazakhstan, you had mm. uh, an opportunity to play there. Now, yeah. aside from the uh, the Borat comments you may have gotten from some fellow Americans. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Please walk us through that opportunity. Well, it's crazy because they had my teammates when I got there. I didn't know anyone, which is a common theme in most of my experiences um, on and off the pitch. But um, when I got there, like they jumped the gun on that. Like, oh, and, you know, we're not the country that I don't even think I watched Borat all the way through. So I didn't even like put that together. Um, but I was like, oh, like, you know, I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> um, but it was a super cool experience. Uh, I just finished, uh, I just graduated from University of Louisville, uh, go cards. And a coach slash friend of mine that I met um when I was playing at Purdue University for my uh first three seasons. Um yeah, it was just kind of he he knew the coach for the for Bic um Katzigert and they were in their like they're about to start their champions league journey i guess um and it was just one of those random things like i think their starting midfielder got injured um they needed someone specifically that was a center mid- midfielder had a u.s passport so they didn't need like a visa because the qualification games were in ireland 
Um, so it was just like these uh, things that needed to like be on a, uh, a player's profile. And my friend slash coach was like, oh, like I know this person. And he messaged me is like, would you be interested in going there? It would be like very immediate. And I was like, oh, like Champions League. And it was my first pro experience. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I went and um, I think I only played like one actual league game in, in Kazakhstan, which, you know, wasn't the highest level, as you can imagine. But the Champions League ex- uh, tournament experience was awesome. I think we, we reached the... Uh, round of 16 got knocked out by PSG, which, you know, we'll, we'll take. Um, but I mean, I love playing against like the best team. So it was wow. nice for me for like my first pro experience to see what the level is outside of the U S see different styles of play, but also feel like, Oh, you know, like I can hang, you know, we're, we're here. Um, and we're just getting started. So, yeah. In your college years, did you kind of have an idea that you wanted to play pro? Um, yes and no. Like, I I feel like I never really said it out loud, wrote it down. I never, I was never engaged in like those conversations, like with my college coaches or like, there was no, there was no way for me, like tell you, yes. You know, there was no evidence of me saying like, okay, like I'm trying to play pro and I'm trying to go as far as I can go. Um, but I think some like deep inside, like it didn't feel like I was, I mean, I was, I wasn't letting go of the game at all Mm -hmm. so it was almost like I was just kind of keeping my head down and just like developing developing and then the opportunity came and I mean I didn't enter the draft like I I don't know I was just naive like I didn't know any better and there was no one to know better on my behalf um Mm -hmm. that could have like you know maybe guided but that's okay sometimes you it's good to learn that way um so yeah so once I I played with Vic that kind of I mean that just I don't know, kept my, my thirst for more going. Um, but also like, you know, me being like with my national team too, like I, it just felt like this is where I want to be. And I know I need to keep like pushing and playing and pursuing more and all that. So. Right. What a way to start off though, jumping right into champions league uh, playoffs. I mean, and and walk (laughs) us through some culture shocks in Kazakhstan. I mean, I've never been, I know it's, (laughs) <laughs> I've heard this it's similar to Mongolia actually a yeah. bit more urban and it's yeah. developed a bit more yeah it must be similar to Mongolia um I don't know much about Mongolia but <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I lived there for five months <laughs> yeah on another episode um so I I'd say I'm pretty good at I'm pretty f- like culturally fluid like I can be a fish out of water and like mm-hmm. vibe like you know I can and I credit that to my parents and how they raised me. Like, you know, I have some good common sense that can carry from place to place. So, uh, but going there, uh, they speak Russian and that Mm -hmm. language is hard. Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. Um, The culture is also hard as well, which um, we, my club is based based in Shimkent, which is a smaller city. Um, I think if we were in the capital, it might be a different experience, but, it would like the cult. I, I feel like the culture shock was more so like on the team versus like in, you know, like the town. Okay. Um, just because like I, I was, I didn't know any Russian. I'm playing the middle, which is like the heart of the field. And I don't know how to communicate and ever, you know, and it was also like a, a culture. I mean, it, and it could be different now, um, but 
you really had to prove yourself to start creating connections with your teammates. And I'm also not new to that. I mean, being raised like with like Jamaican culture and like, like learning or like being raised as like a footballer, like in my like Jamaican heritage and culture, like that's a lot of like what you experience, but also no, let me scratch that because being a girl and playing with guys, period, like mm-hmm. that is something that you have to deal with all the time. So I, I was like, okay, you know, luckily I'm a good player. So, you know, let's get things going this week and, you know, everyone can kind of get more comfortable. So I think that was the first like week was a little bit, okay, you know, just trying to find my vibe amongst like the group, but out, outside of the club, I mean, the brain is awesome. Like I picked up a little bit of Russian much more than my Swedish has been going here, but, uh, and yeah, I mean, I didn't spend as much time in Kazakhstan just because we were traveling a lot for champions league, but it was cool. It it was also cool. Like geographically, like, I don't know, like where there's a huge like Russian influence, but there's also like a huge, like Mongolian or like eight, like that, that, culture and it's mm-hmm. like Kazakhstan just looked like the perfect merge between the two and I was like oh that's cool that you could literally see how two things come together and here's Kazakhstan <laughs> so mm-hmm. um so yeah I it, it was a very cool experience um I'm, I'm grateful for it now I know your first your college experience was a little way a little far from home but I mean this is very far from home yeah. and granted like you said you didn't spend too much time but what was that like being away from, you know, your support system, from the people who raised you, the people who, you know, your biggest fans and and kind of creating this new, not identity, but just a new way of life in a different place? Yeah, um, I, I think I think you, you kind of hit it a little bit, like going straight from school definitely set me up to be in a good space. Um, I, me and or like also my siblings, like we're, we were very much of get away from the nest, like when we graduated high school and like create our identities on our own and our parents really um, uh, nurtured that. They liked that. Uh, my dad also visited me in, in Kazakhstan. Wow. Got himself one of those, like, uh, I don't know what they're called. Shoot. But like the it's Russian like hat, like the yeah, warm yeah, ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And like posing like a like a mob boss or something. Love I don't know who he thought he was, this yeah. random Jamaican man. But um <laughs> I it it was really good for me. I think um I I really had to work on or I really had to just get established like my good habits and my good space. And um yeah, I, I, I'm I'm pretty good like on my own, I guess. So um if anything, it really like the isolation or like this the the distance from home really allowed me to like fully um immerse myself in like a new culture and create new connections with people from different places you know we had some you know players from Nigeria and Cameroon and Georgia and just you know so yeah that was good let's come back to your upbringing you mentioned it before uh, growing up in Jamaican roots um you you do play for the Jamaican national team now um, but you grew up playing with your father and your brother uh, in the DMV area, which is also a very culturally diverse, similar to like a New York City, um, yeah. kind of a melting pot of cultures. How did that develop you? Yeah, I mean, how doesn't it? <laughs> um, Good answer. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, my, my, both of my parents, my, my dad is Jamaican, my mother is uh, mixed with Canadian and Cameroon, Cameroon. 
Cameroonian, and uh, but she grew up in Cameroon, so she's very much so a West African mama. Um, and they met in in college, basically in in the DMV area. So like our house, and, and they stayed obviously because you know that's where we we're all raised. But being in my house, like it just it never felt like I was in the states. You know, from music, food, you know, patois, and and the sorts. The only thing missing was French. My mom never taught us that, but we won't get into it. Um, so that, um, and also, yeah, I mean, everything was kind of an extension from there, like from, you know, football being washed in the house or, uh, my dad came to the States, um, on a athletic scholarship to play soccer, football and at, at the collegiate level. So, I mean, even when I was growing up, like, He's playing Sunday leagues, you know, he's playing pickup, you know, during the week. So I was very much um, exposed and interacted with like, with all those things and all, all those different cultures that you can find in the DMV, we definitely hit. Um, and then once my brother started to get into a club um, that like drew me out, I guess. Um, I, don't, I don't really like remember the moment where I decided I wanted to play, but my aunt, uh, reminded me last year and she was like you you just were always motivated to go out there and play she's like I don't really know what it was but you definitely forced your dad to teach you how to play or like you just always wanted to be out with your brother you always wanted to go to his games you would cry if you couldn't go I was like oh wow you know <laughs> so I'm happy that I have some people to remind me of you know what I was doing at that time but I think just being around those different cultures like that that you know developed that connection for me um and Continu continues to do that too i love to stay on jamaica just for a little bit and i mean i listened i said it off air i listened to your interview on two cents fc podcast i learned that you had the options to represent actually quite a few different countries so what went into that decision because i believe it was i mean you started representing jamaica for the u20 national team if i'm not mistaken yeah so i mean a young age even you know during college what went into that decision and then what does it feel like to you know represent Jamaica and in, in your, your heritage yeah um I and I I'll just say this I can be like technical I think like technically I could have um played with any of like my ethnicity or my like nationalities that are you know technically on paper um I wasn't necessarily approached by other programs um but I also didn't really pursue the idea to like play at the national, the international level. Um, and so a lot of like questions, like, I think if I had thought about that, would I have like switched or if I, you know, so that, that, that was just to, you know, just to be proper in the, in the background. I didn't want to misspeak. Um, but my, my dad actually approached me with the concept of playing for Jamaica. Um, and this is when I was at Purdue and, um, you know, just had like my freshman season and just, you know, kind of getting my feet wet and all that. And I, I literally just didn't even think about it. I, I, I don't know. I'm, it's another theme. Like my head was just down. I'm just developing, growing, enjoying, um, and just playing. And, um, also no one like ahead of me that like has taken these steps before and like, Hey, you should think about this or, Oh, you know, well, you know, you could, try to get into like the Canadian national team or blah, blah, blah. like, no, that was really happening. Um, but anyways, my dad 
called me while I was at school. It was like, oh, you know, would you be interested in playing with Jamaica, like the U20s? I was like, oh, uh, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, I, I would love that if there was an opportunity. And I need to ask him how that came about. I don't know if someone, you know, from that end reached out to him or anything like that, but I was invited into a, a camp um, for the U20s, I think like Olymp uh, Olympic qualifiers, maybe World Cup qualifiers. Uh, we didn't qualify, but I, that was like my first time, you know, meeting with, with the program and I kind of stayed in the, in the pool from, from then on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I did think about it even, you know, my mom was like, oh, would you ever think about Cameroon or Canada? And I, there, I don't know. I, I just think because I was raised, I'm, because I was raised, like my football was raised jamaican if that makes sense yeah, or makes like sense. Yeah. <laughs> that it, that just like connects that's like my home mm -hmm. and like um that like that's how i know football that's also like uh, like 100 percent like half of who i am too but when i had that u20 camp um i think i was too old to go back to the next u20 camp but that experience really like locked me in and i was like you know, it's a little rough around the edges and, you know, we're, we have this, we have that, we're missing this. But I, I literally remember saying to myself, like, if this team has, is invested um, in and has like resources and like, we're, you know, we can go far and I, I want to stick with it. Um, I thought that the, the program really aligned with me and, and what I want to represent um, versus, maybe tapping into other programs that are very political, very about this and that. It just felt like more like home and something that I wanted to, like a family I wanted to be a part of. So mm -hmm. yeah, rest was history. I've been with them ever since. <laughs> yeah. And talk us about the differences between the environment and, and the funding or lack of funding between a school like Purdue, where you know these high universities in the US have everything and more. And then you go to a program like the Jamaica U20, and I can imagine, like you said, they're missing this, they're missing this, they don't have this, maybe there's no yeah. field to train on. Mm -hmm. What's that? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it, it was as much of a shock for me, just because I, at that point, like, I had been to Jamaica so many times, so I was very aware, and, and not for, you know, the national team, like, uh, you know, just as a family, we'd go every time, and I always, you know, my dad always says, anywhere you travel, you bring your boots with you because you just never know if I love that. a game yeah. is going to pop yeah. up, which I, I still that. do. <laughs> Me too. Um, and, you know, some summers he would run um, kind of like a like a clinic for um, the high school boys that he, or the high school that he went to with, with their boys uh, varsity team. And so I would go and I would train like, you know, so by the time I was with the national team, I kind of knew what, knew what the vibes were. But I know speaking with, um, you know, other teammates and other people in the past, like it, it, it can be really shocking and um, discouraging for some people that come in just because you expect, you, you hear national team and you expect like certain standards and this ain't the US, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it, it just kind of is what it is. And, you know, it's not gonna get any better until there's better infrastructure to kind of build it up, um, which is something that we're, seeing some improvements but we're still not there yet but definitely much further along since my first experience so it's kind of 
it's kind of crazy looking back on where we started and where we are now. Um, and I think even some of the girls that come in now, I think they, <laughs> they might not really know how far we've come. Um, but yeah, much room to improve for sure. I think it's a very common theme in women's football where it's, it's come a long way, but there's still so far to come. I think that's, we see that a lot. And mm -hmm. I would just like to talk about this. I mean, amazing stand that you and the reggae girls took, which was this no pay, no play. And I actually remember reading about this like way back. And then, you know, coming back to this episode, it was like, you know, came straight back into my head again about all these things. I mean, the lead up into something like the World Cup with all of this going on, I mean, the stress, you know, I'm sure the the pressure, um, having to deal with all of these things, but what it was that like as a group and then just trying to make a stand and making a better positive impact for the generations that follow? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's all kind of like, it was an unfortunate time, I guess, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, as much as we've had a lot of back and forth with our uh, federation you know ultimately we're all on the same team that's what we want you know and we want that unity we want that support and we want to know that um the people looking after us are looking like forward for us as well you know so i think with this current generation of of reggae girls and national team players like we've kind of accepted that we have to do a lot of this like grunt work i guess um and sometimes it's, it has to be showy. Sometimes it has to be behind the scenes. Most times it's been behind the scenes, but that was just a moment when we were like, okay, like, you know, we need to be open about this. We need to like speak up about it. Um, uh, and, you know, shout out to uh, my, one, one, of, one of the teammates, um, Lauren Silver was the one that thought of like the, the, the slogan, which was simple, but you know, it, it, it needed to be in that way for people to know, like, this is literally what's, what's at stake right now. Um, and we also thought that we needed a little bit of, um, like, how do I say camaraderie on the, on the global stage and kind of tap into, you know, just kind of get everybody like alert and, and cause people know, but sometimes you don't really know until it's, it's here. It's like, it's, it's on your phone. It's people are retweeting it. People are, you know, resharing it. And it's also something that unfortunately, sometimes you have to kind of do that to, um, you know, like stir movement with the people in power. And that, that was like the kind of situation. And we really just needed them to know that, you know, we weren't messing around about it. So here we are and here is everyone else. You know, I was actually, I was so impressed and so um, warmed with how much support we got, um, you know, immediately from, from our peers, from, you know, just everyone ac across the globe, really. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what happened and we, we moved forward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I know that there's probably so many people, whether it's, you know, teams, individuals that kind of deal with these things with their clubs, with their higher ups. So from someone who's kind of gone through it, um, maybe it's kind of a difficult question, but what kind of advice would you give to those, you know, kind of taking a stand in a similar situation? Because mm -hmm. there is a bit of risk involved, but a lot of risk, always, yeah. of course, yeah. But always, you know, I guess if you believe in something, 
you know, you're, you're going to try and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm no pro in this department either. I mean, and there's still things that come up that you really don't know if it's the right or the wrong thing, even if it's the right thing, if you're, what's what I feel like what's difficult with our group right now is that we are doing things that have never been done before. And that's an amazing thing, but that's also a very scary thing because you don't really know, you don't have any examples to say, okay, well, they took this step. And even though that was, you know, morally right, like these are the ripples that happened. And then they got bounced back like 27 steps, you know? So it's, it's difficult. I think for me personally, and, you know, maybe this is another cheesy thing, but whenever I kind of get like stuck in these like moral ruts, um, you know, wanting to having an objective and knowing you just need to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, and hopefully the change comes later or just kind of like standing your ground. Um, I think I, am someone like, I, I have a very, I have a difficult time representing something that I don't believe in. So if something is going on that, that really uh, troubles me in that way, then I have to say something either, you know, amongst my group or to leadership or whatever. And at the very least, like that's been spoken about. So I think that's like a little moral compass for me. And then two, whatever you do, it has to be all or nothing. <laughs> like every, you know, I mean, it is a team sport for a reason, but it's also about, you know, like that's what unity is that mm -hmm. things, can only get done in a united front, um, no matter how you shape it or turn it or flip it and reverse it. So that's what I would say. And then, and then the 2019 World Cup, you were um, the first Caribbean national team, I believe, to to ever make the World Cup. Was this a you know I made it moment for you and your family? Yeah, it was definitely an I made it moment. Um, I think I didn't really. I don't know. I, 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 I'm such a competitor. So I, I kind of get like lost in the sauce sometimes when, when like, okay, like we've made it. Ah, no, I think when we qualified, that was the, okay, we made it moment. Mm. Um, like I'm going to the world cup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then on the way there that it was kind of like more business. Um, but I will say like, w you know, being able to see my family there, like that was, that meant so much to me like that one of my fondest memories like as a pro player is like that <laughs> mm -hmm. being on the field and playing you know even even if we're losing um you know you saw the good game but um yeah so that was something I'll never forget and I'll always cherish and what does the future look like what are the next games what are the next qualifiers um and how does the camp feel yeah um <laughs> <laughs> the future is a little um I yeah okay so <laughs> sorry um it's been a, a crazy last 24 hours for me sorry um so we have we won our group for the Caribbean qualifiers last month um and that takes us to our main CONCACAF qualifiers in July and we drew what people are saying the group of death you know uh always yeah There's we love a, a good plot mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and we love when it thickens um so we're with the u.s 
Haiti and Mexico and our opening game is against Mexico of course you know love that um in Mexico also nice so um and that's honestly all I have (laughs) to share (laughs) I don't think think we have camps yeah we might have games um there's a lot of things with our team right now that are being sorted so there's a lot of unknowns which is something Mm -hmm. as a specifically a women's professional player that you unfortunately just have to roll with and just develop that as a skill to be flexible and not let uncertainty and not having details, you know, shake you that much. So that's, that's that definitely look for us on, I don't know, on some broadcasting. And It'll be there, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you took your first pro professional opportunity you took and you're playing, you have a champions league. I mean, it seems like you kind of, I don't know, you, you, rise to the occasion you like to play in these big games is that am i am i right in assessing that 100 percent. i love yeah i love a big game like mm-hmm. i i already know i'm really excited for mexico actually like i'm i'm excited that we grew that grew that we drew the hardest uh bracket because when we qualify it's going to be that much more like groundbreaking um i love that our opening game is that. against mexico like in mexico like i don't know if you guys have seen like their league games but like the crowds that they're that they draw i've seen a few actually yes i haven't seen the full games but i've seen on social media yeah yeah so i'm like man that stands about to be packed um (laughs) yeah and i already told my family like i better see you guys there like Mm. (laughs) Um, even our game against haiti like that was the team that we had to beat to um we always say like that was like our qualifying game like Mm for the last world cup because it was just like a, a game that you will never forget <laughs> like and we even we tied them to like win the group so i know they're going to be coming with like a whole bunch the of revenge stuff. yeah yeah um so it, it's going to be exciting i think a lot of people will watch our group for sure so for someone who thrives in big games i mean i know a lot of people kind of you know get nervous or may shrink or may give into their fears um Maybe this is something you never had to deal with, but what kind of approach do you take in these big games and what advice would you give to others? Oh, no, I, I've definitely dealt with this. So I don't, mm. <laughs> I don't want to give you the impression that I'm, I'm not stone cold, um, <laughs> don't have ice in my veins all the time. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's important to stick to your routines. I think whatever, like sometimes at club and at, Enter at the, your national team level like you're sometimes it's common to have experiences that really um how do I say like dis like you you kind of like forget a bit about like how you got there and like why you're there and sometimes when you're playing like the the big teams like you forget like why why you're worthy to be on the field sometimes in trainings like or if you're your national team is competitive, your club is competitive, or, you know, you're, you know, there, a big game can sometimes make you question, like, are you good enough to be in the big game? Are you good mm-hmm. enough to start? Are you good enough to come in from the bench and, and play against, you know, I don't know, Crystal Dunn or anyone that's like the top, you know? So I think, and it looks different for everyone, but I think whatever you can do to remind yourself that like you're a baller and like you're here for a reason and you know it's for these qualities that you're here and these are the qualities that you that you're capable of showing on the field like that's what you need to tap into so watch your highlight video you know before you get on the bus or 
um, you know, write down a list of like things that make you a good player and make it really specific, you know, um, or, you know, talk to someone or like my, you know, my dad always calls me whether I like it or not, but <laughs> every conversation, it's a reminder that like, oh, you know, like I'm a baller, you know, or yeah, even sometimes like in the world cup, like I, this wasn't one of my like rituals, but I noticed like just seeing my family in the stands, like, I'm like, oh yeah, like I know who I am, you know, mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's no way I can be any, any, any different person. Cause like they know who I am. So I'm just mm-hmm. gonna look silly if I don't just like be myself on the field. Um, so just, I guess, like think about what helps you feel that way and affirms you in that way. And I think it's helpful for your performance. Love that. I'm so happy I, I asked that question. <laughs> yeah. And with and with the uh, the game against Mexico, you already have some um, maybe a Latin connection with your stint in Colombia. You <laughs> went from local. Kazakhstan all the way <laughs> to Colombia. Yeah. 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 And in the world. Right. Yeah. You got to thank uh, Aaron Yenny for that one, actually. Shout out Aaron again. Yeah. Shout out to her because. She was one that slid my highlight video <laughs> over um, to them. Man. I think she had the the connection and the opportunity opportunity to go play there first. Um, and I remember, I don't know if she called me or she sent me a text because um, I was like out training or something. She's like, hey, I noticed you just uploaded a new highlight video on YouTube and um you know so I just like sent them that (laughs) but like would you be interested in playing in Colombia with me I was like oh (laughs) absolutely um (laughs) definitely and I was like yeah um and you know my dad's like first comment he's like the number one doomsday planner or I don't know if it's like the Jamaican in him to just like go to worst case scenarios first is that is that a cultural thing I don't know. It could just be a, a him thing, but okay. he was like, oh, well, you know, that's a rough neighborhood. And I'm like, okay, like you know, everyone relax, like you raise me and all those things. But he's like, no, but I think it should be good. And they have a good men's league um, in Columbia. It's very well established and, and good level. So I went and that was literally, that could have been my favorite professional experience so far. <laughs> what what My made memories it your favorite? memories hmm? what made it your favorite i just love columbia mm. and it's just such a football country and it just had all the things that i love like as a player so very technical we played on grass which you know it a goes a long way yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at like the the men's facilities so you know and we also are we we drove i think maybe like an hour every morning um, to like the countryside. So it's like, we're in Bogota. And then, so we have like the city. That's like where we all stayed. That's also where like the stadium was. But then like every day we got like this, just like clean air, just like countryside. And we're just out there just like training, um, which I thought was cool. Um, The quality of training was also very high. Um, I think Yeni started to like, I think she still has that journal. I mean, she she's really good at writing a lot of things down, but she started to like write down like the drills that we were doing. That's how much like new and like creative and fun. And we're both like very possession-based players. So we were just loving it. And um, our team was was pretty stacked. We had a bunch of like Colombian national team players, some, some from Costa Rica. 
um, some from Venezuela and that are, most of them are playing like in Spain right now, by now, but um, it was just awesome. And then our, we got to play in the men's stadium um, for all of our matches and our final got like 33,000 fans. Um, wow. Also just like the culture. I mean, I got to practice my Spanish. I fooled some people a couple of times. I think I've lost it by now, but I'm getting back up. <laughs> um and just like the the dancing culture like mm. i it was the just food, so, i'm sure yeah the food was so fresh and like uh, it was just all the things that can add up and just make a really good experience so so what bring it to a close and do you could you see yourself going back there at any time uh, i just i feel like columbia has a piece of my heart still so i don't know if it's for visiting because i still have you know a bunch of friends there or for playing i also think that the year that we went was probably the best year that the league had. So I don't really know what the state of that is. Hopefully I think it went down a bit and then maybe it's on the way back up now. So, um, so maybe, but I don't know. I I think I just was like ready for the, for the next adventure almost. Um, I wanted to get back to Europe um, or yeah or get there I guess I never really got there in the first place but I wanted to just you know I kind of like okay like been there done that that was really good and you know what's my next challenge like how you know where are we going next kind of thing so do you feel like when you're in a opportunity for like when you've gotten what you need out of an opportunity do you feel like okay it's time I did that but I can't grow from this anymore and I need to go try something else and kind of you know reset and learn new things yeah that's that's definitely it um and yeah so i i felt like it was just time for a different a different level different league um uh, yeah and i i was young and i'm still young but (laughs) yeah i was just on the move so and then where did that take you next where did that take me next um that took me home actually so that was like a weird year. I think that this is like 2018. Um, I decided not to go back to Columbia. I was with the spirit, but like unofficially, um, I was kind of hoping to use it as like a way to just kind of like a, like a stepping point to go overseas and like a place to train and be in a pro environment. Um, I ended up just like not doing that, but still like being in like a training capacity with them and then I was going you know overseas with the national team that was like our long qualifying year so it felt like I wasn't home as much as you know I would think um but yeah so it was I was training with the spirit um I played with their their uh WPSL team that summer um and splitting time between there and with Jamaica um, doing our, our Caribbean qualifiers. And then we had Texas for our like main CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. And so were you trying to like tour when you were starting to train more, were you starting, mm-hmm. to, were you trying to get a contract there? Were you looking at it more as a trial yeah. or did it, how did it develop? Yeah, that person, that was kind of like a, like the dark age, not the dark ages for me, but I, I wasn't in a very good like headspace, if I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, and it was under different, management um well i mean definitely now since they've kind of had a reshuffling of coaches lately but 
um, it was the coach before Richie and, um, and I don't know. I mean, this is just my personal experience, but I, I didn't really have a good player experience there. And there wasn't a day where I felt where I was like, I'm trying to get a contract. It was kind of like, I'm here <laughs> and I'm just here to train and like pursue some other opportunities. And I kind of, you know, had some, you know, unfortunate dealings with like agents and, you know, they're not all good. So you learn that in hindsight. Um, so I wasn't able to go anywhere, but um, that was just like a, like a little rut for me. And there was, I forget which month it was, but I remember like, it was like the first time in my playing life that like, I just wasn't happy. Cause I, I mean, I love to train and play and I'm usually like the first person there and like the last person to leave. And, or I might be like a little running a little late just cause that's my, that's my Jamaican side, <laughs> but I'm usually like always wanting to like play or like yeah. juggle mm-hmm. or like do, do games or things like that. And like, that was the first time where I, you know, just like walked in and walked out. Like I was like clock in, clock out kind of, kind of vibes. And there was um, like a day where my mom was like, you know, Chinny, like you don't have to like go. It's <laughs> like, huh. You know, like those moments, like something so simple, just kind of like, yeah. You need you someone out. else. You need someone else to tell you it sometimes. Yeah. But it's also like, I'm a very like, no, like I will overcome this. I will get out of my okay, rut. Yeah. I will, you know, play like I like to play and I will do this. I will just, I just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. So I was like the first moment where it was like, sometimes you literally just have to like step back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right. So like from that point on, I did not go. I went, um, I linked with my teammate, uh, Lauren Silver in Florida, and she was also unattached and like training. And I just like, I literally just moved away. <laughs> Sometimes not the best way to solve your problems, but like, but sometimes times, yes. like, you, just, yeah. you know, if something isn't contributing to your, you know, proper headspace. You just gotta like take a little break and do things that like feed you in a, in a good way. So I did that, which was really great for me. I think I was, you know, training and just getting back into a good rhythm. And then we had our qualifiers qualified and, you know, then I felt really good to go into like my next, you know, contract, which was in Norway for like leading into the world cup. So that was 2018 long and short. So back across the globe. I mean, why not? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why not? Yeah. Big peace sign. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'd like to I'd like to just stay on that point for a second, because I feel we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, Sean and I, is that sometimes it's not necessarily what you're doing, but it's the environment. So yeah. for you, it seems like, I don't know, the, the a lot of people are fulfilled through the competition, maybe, or like a lot of people are fueled from not losing or winning. But it seems like for you, it's more about the joy of playing and just, I don't know, having fun in it. So, yeah. I mean that must've been a difficult thing though, to realize like, okay, this is, this is, I'm not having fun at this. This is feeling more like a job again. And let me just switch my environment and then maybe it can improve. It's hard to kind of get out of that uh, hole that is dug, I think. No, definitely. And I think I was definitely contributing to that hole a lot because you, when you, I mean, it's, especially in like these sport environments, like it's 
pretty easy on paper to see if you're like succeeding or failing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, both as a team and as a player, like, mm-hmm. okay, are you contracted or are you rostered? Are you starting? Are you getting minutes? You know, you, it can go all the way up and down the ladder. And so for me, like, I was like seeing just only signs of like, one, I'm not, I'm not happy. Like I'm not enjoying it. I'm also not like playing what I think is my best football. I'm also not like impacting. I'm not, you know, being offered a contract. I'm, you know, there's like, there was a lot of knots. And like, when you feed into those knots, you become those knots like more and more. And like, so I was definitely like digging as well as, as much as like the environment, like, you know, I think even like that year, like the program didn't do very well. And, um, you know, like the, the vibe wasn't really good also. Like there's, you know, you know, some bickering on the field and just things that don't like contribute. Um, but also like it was different from, for example, like Columbia or other cultures. I think, I think us has its own like culture and, um, of like football. And I think, you know, like I wasn't enjoying the one on my team, you know, where Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. people are just really here for football. I mean, well, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want to say that, but maybe, you know what I mean, where it's just like a different, like cultural shift. And like, Mm -hmm. in addition to that, like all these other things. So yeah, I mean, it was hard because I was like, dang, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't step up here or was how was the narrative I was like telling myself. And, and I was like, okay, well, I got to step back, you know, or like the, you know, but which was also hard for me to do. Cause I mean, it took that long for, you know, my mom just to like say these simple words, like, just, just leave, just like go away. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, re sometimes you just have to like reconnect with, with yourself and mm-hmm. then start again. Um, and so I definitely learned a lot, like in that experience too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you find too that, I mean, you had, you were in Colombia and Kazakhstan at the time, when you come back to the U S you were no longer the, you're not on a pedestal in foreign countries, but they kind of see you as like, you're the go-to, the go-to woman on the team, you know, and now mm-hmm. you come back to the U S mm-hmm. and you're just one. You're, you're yeah. just normal. Everyone's yeah. you, you know? Yeah. That could also have led a part to it, maybe. No, definitely. I mean, I think, I think um, how I like my style of play to be, I think that is like, I really like to be different from like the American mold of a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think these days that mold is like really expanding, which I think is great. Um, but I, sometimes like, and I, and I learned recently, um, you know, last year, like being back in the NWSL, like, and, and you see it like in men's leagues and you see it everywhere. Sometimes it's really not the player. It's, it's, you know, what's, what the demand is, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it's not the player, it's the preference. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like, you know, different leagues ask for different styles or different coaches, you know, different positions, you know, so a lot of it is like really accepting that and not getting your ego into it or like not taking it. I mean, everyone wants to play, but, you know, there's a difference between like, you know, not, not being selected to play, but still like being the player that you are versus Mm -hmm. like, you know, not being selected and like, okay, maybe I need to change or maybe like, maybe I'm, you know, I need to be more like this. I need to be more like that, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think I got into that latter part um, with like my first stint. I forgot, I really like lost touch with like the things that 
would make me different. It would make me like step out of the mold and kind of like shine a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's all about like just keeping the perspective of you throughout it all. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you have to kind of find a balance in this because in any Mm -hmm. situation, there's always, you have to adapt a little bit. So you may have to play, do certain things that you normally wouldn't do. And you kind of pushing your comfort zone outside of that box, Mm -hmm. but it's also like a very important, like you said, to know the type of player and the type of person, even maybe more importantly that you are so that you can thrive in these situations. And when that balance isn't really working out, then I think it's that time to kind of rip the bandaid off and say, (laughs) okay, maybe it's time. Like your mom said, you don't have to go. Maybe it's time just to try something else. And yeah, that next one was Norway. So, I mean, what was that experience like getting into Europe? Um, another one year deal, deal, which is another common theme here that I'm seeing. I know, a like? bunch of themes over here. Um, <laughs> Norway was good. I also, it was action packed with, with life lessons. Um, but I think it was like my, how do I say? it was a lot of like firsts for me um, in terms of like how I had to like grow as like a pro. So I think it was like the first time where I had to learn, like you have to say no sometimes, or you have to really like stand up for, um, I guess like your capacity, like as a professional or as like a player, Um, like my loading that year was wild um, just because we had so many camps and I don't know. I mean, you guys know how it is like traveling to different time zones, but it was like every three or four weeks, which is how long it takes your body to get used to the time change. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to the Eastern time zone Mm -hmm. to train and then come back. And then I have like a game or, you know, I have three games or, and I'm, you know, I, I'm a pretty fit player or like, I'm someone where like, I'm, running the most often, you know, or I'm like doing the most probably more often than not. Um, and it was the first time that like, I've, I like had an injury, you know, that was like based on my load management or like, I had to like, or I had, I had to learn that I had, I have to say no sometimes, or like, I have to be able to, you know, kind of speak up to my coach and say, look, like, I can't, this is too much. And those words were so difficult for me because I'm always used to like stepping up and like, yeah, like I'll do three 90 minute games in you know, seven days and like, Mm. that'll be fine. And I'll, I'll be fine. And, um, and so I picked up like a little injury, um, like going into the world cup too. So that was like a little bit of my consequence, but, um, besides that, uh, my, teammate from my national team Tiffany Cameron um I met her or I didn't really or she played at Ohio State so I think we played against each other um like when I was at Purdue but actually didn't know my team had picked her up um until like after our first like national team camp that was her first time with the national team and I didn't really know her before then but she came just so happened to come to my same club and so it was nice to have someone there that's you know doing the same thing that I'm doing um but also just like another peer um you know another person of the same culture too like it's it's definitely hard um being abroad and like being I guess alienated in that way so that was nice a little touring partner um 
and yeah, besides that, I mean, Norway was beautiful. Like, beautiful the water country. is delicious, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I'm still enjoying here. Like Scandinavian water, like tap water is literally Pristine. like better than bottled water. So yeah, like the air is clean. You know, I went on hikes, a lot of like places to see and um, yeah, but it was a difficult season though, because we, we mm. did ultimately get relegated at the end of that season so that uh was difficult we had like coaching change in the middle of, of the season and all that so things got hectic but I definitely learned a lot as a player um and had to like adapt to different styles I think Norway is like a really direct league okay it was at the time but I think I think it's maybe a little bit different now um but yeah <laughs> Uh, go ahead sean no there's a podcast you're supposed to ramble yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um you know is at this point this is your third time abroad is mm -hmm. there maybe uh not a theme but something that you continue to do as you get to a new country to a new team you know try and get familiar with the team as, as quickly as possible get comfortable in the new environment did you learn anything at this point where it's like, okay, when I get to country, I'm going to make sure I do this, 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 and this. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> if anything, I like, I, yeah. Please were honest. Yeah. If anything, I went backwards this time around because <laughs> it was just so fast or like or it, me coming here. Um, I was also finishing like my, my B license. Um, mm. The NWSL and MLS like did a, like a sponsored course, like, and selected like some players and, or, or you applied and if you got accepted, et cetera. So I was, you know, just being very last minute with my assignments and like COVID also complicated things with things. So I just, I felt like I didn't have any time to like research anything before I came. And I was like, honestly, maybe that's the way, or <laughs> maybe that's just the theme of it. The only thing I researched was, you know, how many days I had to get my COVID test before I had to leave. Um, <laughs> I, I personally, I mean, and I'm this person, so I think there's, you know, type A, type B or C or whatever people, but I, I'm a very free flowing person. So I'd rather just like very organically, like get to know my environments. Um, and I like to do it on my own if possible. I know some neighborhoods, you know, you, better to have someone with you depending on where you're on the world but um I I like to just like get myself like situated like in with my time zone um just like with my foods and things and then like I'll slowly like venture out into the world hmm. um and kind of just ease into my surroundings kind of so what's a food that you have to have no matter where you go or you have to try and make a version of it that everywhere you go oh i don't know i mean i've already uh located like a really good jamaican spot here so amazing yeah i just we we tried or my uh dad and my older sister visited me for opening weekend and i was like oh someone said this is like a jamaican restaurant and let's go try it went there we literally went right back the next day like my dad was like i'm good on swedish food let's go back to the <laughs> restaurant. tried it yeah let's go back so to he has the ultimate stamp of approval um yeah. yeah we're already on a first name basis with the chef so oh, that's great um so i'd say 
I tried to like see if there's any like Jamaican restaurants or if there's any like West African restaurants in my area. Don't have those recipes like perfectly down for myself. I'm not mm. bad, but I also don't know like where to get all like the ingredients. Mm. Um, so that's normally on my list. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> I like it. I want to come back to America. We're going, we're really coming back and forth yeah. across the pond. <laughs> um, and this season, just the amount of things that happened, the full circle moments that happened. And uh, I mean, I would just like to hand it over to you and feel free to ramble on this one okay. because this season is just, it just seems like a crazy thing. So if you can kind of take us towards that entire year. We're talking last year. Yeah. We're talking at the spirit. Yeah. Sorry. So the, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Sure. So we are back in the States <laughs> by unpopular demand, maybe. Um, <laughs> Wait, by unpopular demand? <laughs> well, meaning like I didn't have like a, like a set like opportunity. I see. So it's okay, more okay. so like, you know, I don't know, maybe not the best word choice, but um, I would say um yeah, so I, I had an opportunity to uh, trial or to try out. Okay, no, let's let's back up because that's not really how it went. Um, I started working with a new agent, and um, and she signed me up for like a, like an open invitational for the racing um, expansion team. Um, and I'm happy she did that because probably if she had asked me, I would have told her no. Because <laughs> at this point. I can be stubborn in my ways, but I was really wanting to go back overseas and um, maybe a little bit scarred still from my, you know, experience with the spirit. Um, but also I kind of felt like, you know, I've played in the U S I mean, if you think about youth club and college, like I just, I'm still wanting to, you know, go somewhere else. You know, that was kind of like my mentality but she signed me up already. I was like, well, guess I have to go. <laughs> and um, went there, um, met uh, Chrissy Holly and, um, you know, I guess like secured my place to go to, to, to go to preseason there. Um, and I was like, okay, well, this, this could be fine. And, you know, in the meantime, you know, maybe I can still keep my options open, like overseas and just, you know, kind of like see as many, how many doors we can keep open. So, um, went there, uh, didn't have the most favorite experience for myself. Um, and I think with the year that that program had, like, you know, I don't even think I need to get too into it, but, um, it just wasn't like, it didn't align with me as a player, um, in terms of like their style, like the coaching style, um, a lot of other things, but I just, uh, I, we, I was there for two months. Um, and I just was, it just wasn't it for me. It was, I wasn't mm -hmm. a fit. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? I learned my lesson last time and I think I'm good on this one, but, you know, thank you. And, you know, I made some incredible friendships and, and all, all that good stuff reconnected with my Louisville, you know, community as well, um, which was nice and nourishing, but I did hit the dusty old trail back north. <laughs> um, 
And during that time or during that like drive, um, so, you know, I got my rights back and um, I connected with the spirit um, just because I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be home and um, I want to be able to be training. And I know like COVID is all funky and all that right now with like the regulations. So maybe at the, at the very least, I can just like get in a good training environment, secure that, and then, you know, look to go overseas, whatever. And um, they, uh, uh, Chris got back to me and was like, oh, well, you know, we need um, some players to fill in like for an inner squad scrimmage, like on Saturday. I think this conversation was happening on Thursday. And I was like, oh, you know, I was <laughs> expecting like that fast for like my, if not it's not my evaluation but like anytime you step on the field like you know it's an evaluation mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like all right you know like I'm not the fittest because you know I you didn't really do that much like conditioning um you know with with racing but which is a it was so like um how do I say like telling like me having to like say that I'm not fit like I'm that's something like I take pride in so I was like mm-hmm. ah, you know like <laughs> lower that expectation for the box to box, but, um, I will see you guys there. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to turn this down. So went played and, um, I think they, they also had like a couple injuries happen, like just coincidentally, not that day, but just, uh, a couple weeks prior. And yeah, they offered me a, um, like a contract basically, uh, for, I mean, challenge cup was just about to start and, um, yeah, it kind of just literally just happened. I think, I don't know. I, I didn't really imagine I'd land on my feet in that way, but some things just happen, you know? And I think it's good, like affirmation that you're choosing what's good for you, I guess. Um, that also catapulted the year, which was very turbulent on a lot of fronts. Um, but I don't know where, where do we go next? I mean, where do we go next? Okay. I mean, I think the spirit kind of started the string of, um, you know, a lot of like investigations and things that happened with a lot of, a uh, lot of the NWSL clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, Richie Burke was removed from our team. Um, and it, it was also crazy because we just, we, we kept hearing most of the news about our team, like on Twitter or like, we would like hear it. <laughs> like we would come to training and then we'd see someone in their phone. We're like, Oh gosh, like what now? <laughs> you know? Um, so it was, it was, it was a difficult year. I mean, and specifically with our program, like we were homeless a lot of the times in terms of like which facilities we were training in. Um, we were in Virginia to start and then we couldn't train there anymore. That's where the player apartments were. So I decided to stay home, which was more into civilization than like where the, the, they, the players were located, but then we shared our facilities with DC. And so that was like a 50 minute drive for everybody. So I was like, well, you know, so we were kind of like a little bit all over the place, but at the same time, our team was, so good I mean on paper and while I didn't play as much um or at all really um had a couple appearances but that's about it um 
and that's something that you know I'm I love to play so that definitely like affected me but I think the winning the championship was like the first time that I it, it didn't feel as like as awkward as I thought it would be like for myself because I mean you imagine like of course like it's a the team won but like you feel more part of it if like you really you know were you know more of a active participant in like the games and all that stuff but I felt like because our team was so good like that was one of the reasons why we won every day training was so good you know mm -hmm. we have like everybody that showed up like the level was very good <laughs> um and you know and that's something that like gave me a lot of drive too like I love the trainings um you know it it got a little crazy because we had you know some COVID fines at some point and sometimes our numbers were low and so we kind of have to do like this sometimes just to mm -hmm. like stay afloat there was some mm -hmm. weird phases but at the end of the day like you know iron sharpens iron and I felt like I felt like everybody that was on that stage when we won like really helped the the whole like program like win um and like you know adversity brings people together as much as you don't want to experience it like that's one good thing that comes out of it and I felt like the group was very close um and really held each other um through it all so I I thought like if there was one I mean bias but if there was one team that deserved it I, I really do think it was us um and I think we we played in a way that deserved it too so mm. yeah bias doesn't always mean you're wrong so it's it's a <laughs> yeah always... I, mean, I think I, I I try not to lie so I'm not good at lying <laughs> I mean, there was just some some great stuff in there and some great quotes. I got to say, you're really coming with the quotes today, and we, oh. we respect that. <laughs> wow, thank you. <laughs> but no. I'd like to come to the present moment now. So sure. you're in Sweden, you're in Stockholm, you're playing for AIK. I'm sure, I know it has a different pronunciation, but we don't I only learned ourselves. it like maybe last month, so don't worry. <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing with the, yeah. the league name yet? Uh, Damos Svensson. <laughs> Yeah, sounds right. Sounds Maybe like, yeah, sounds yeah, I'll give it like a B plus. Okay, okay. Oh, that's good. That's pretty good. So yeah. yeah, tell us, tell us about the how the opportunity came about, and you know how you're finding life in the Swedish capital. Yeah. Um. So I I'm working with a with a new agent, um, and he's based in Sweden. So I think this is you know much of his stomping ground. Mm -hmm. Um. But my national teammate Kanye Plummer um was on loan from the pride to this club uh for three months last year mm -hmm. um so my my agent you know kind of came to me with this opportunity um so there was that that came on the table but you know you got to do a little research so um my teammate had really good things to say about the club um and then my spirit teammate uh, Julia Rotter who plays with the, with the Swedish national team. She also had really good things. I asked her and said really good things about it and that, you know, they're doing really good things for their women's program and, you know, that it would be a good, good fit, et cetera, et cetera. So I signed on the dotted line. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Say no more. Yeah. Um, I also, I had a really uh, cool conversation with the coach at the time. Um, you've caught me in a, <laughs> in a transitory uh transitional phase we okay. actually just got a new staff uh today 
Oh, so this is why it's been a crazy 24 yes. hours. Yes, <laughs> ah, exactly okay. that. Gotcha. Um, wow. But the uh, coach and manager at the time, I had a really cool conversation with her. And um, that was also another reason. I mean, even though I had already signed to come, but it made me very like uh, excited to come. Mm-hmm. And she did a lot of research into me as a player. Um, and like, she was like, yeah, you know, I've listened. Um, I've watched your interviews and I was like interviews and she's like yeah I was like which ones or like I don't know I don't know what's on like the web um Hopefully and I don't like footwork listening too. to myself over yeah like I didn't know what she was talking about um and she was like yeah no I, I like to to see um you know like the the person the character of like mm-hmm. the player the player that I want to bring and I could tell that you know you have like these qualities like as a person and I was like oh okay um research i feel well researched and if i'm if you've accepted me for all that you've seen then (laughs) that means i you know i feel good about coming so um yeah it's been good i think it was even like a little bit warmer here than it was in maryland when i came in january so i think um climate wise i've adjusted Mm -hmm. i did wear shorts the other day when it was in the 50s you get looks, right? Uh, yeah. Well, no looks because really? we're in Sweden. I mean, the sun, oh, when the yeah, sun is out everywhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the, the temperature. You know, people are having ice cream. As long as the sun is out, like that's mm-hmm. everyone is out. So um, so it's been really good here. Um, the last couple of days have been a little crazy, but um besides that, uh yeah, I I I'm loving the city. Um apparently the summer here is you know, a whole different country, you know, Dope. everyone's out and mm-hmm. just being different in a good way. So I'm yeah, people, forward to people start to that. come out of hibernation in the summer there. It's nice. <laughs> Literally. That's like, that's what I hear. So it's very nice. I'm saving like my, my boat trip for the, I don't know how to say Ar- arch, archipelago. Uh, archipelago. Yeah. It's the, uh, oh my God. I don't think I've said that word in like 10 years. Archipelago. Yeah. See, nope. no, my only right. like no. example is my Jamaican dad, and I know he said it wrong, so I don't. Really like arc. Like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll See. have to clip this. This will be a good. This will be the promo <laughs> for the, the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I'm gonna save, save my trip for those when when yeah. it's really nice out. So. Nice. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like the. I guess. A lot of Americans don't realize this is when you're, when you have promotion relegation, I think your team is a little bit towards the bottom, if not. We are a little bit towards the bottom. Yes. That's so this, I mean, this is what happens. Sometimes you have these management replacements because it's so important for a club to stay up for the amount of money, for the amount, for the fans, for everything. It's, it's a, it's a tough lesson that you kind of learn abroad. No, for sure. And it's, it's humbling too. Mm. Cause like, I mean, yeah, like, we're not the ones being, you know, removed, but like, if you bring anyone new in, um, it's like every, everyone kind of tightens up a little bit, mm. or like, it's kind of a fresh start for everyone or like a, a new look mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I wish they did more like relegation in the States. I think it, it keeps everyone really honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, and sometimes it's not whether or not like the coach is good or bad. It's just about like what's going on, you know, and 
we're a really good team um, and we just haven't been getting the results, which happens. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Well, we look forward to it. We're, you know, yeah, we're we'll rooting for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, I mean, before we get into our legendary fast feet round, I just wanted to kind of talk about this, this notion of having a direction instead of an end goal, something that Sean and I um, really believe in and, you know, things change and you never know how something's going to work out. But I guess if you have those core values and beliefs to work towards, kind of like yourself, who seems like you, you really like to get your head down, work and see what's in front of you instead of, you know, focusing on not the big picture, but just, you know, some of the things that maybe you are outside of your control. So mm-hmm. to kind of flip this into a question here, um, we like to avoid the questions like, where do you see yourself in five years? Because it kind of gives those stagnant answers. But <laughs> where would you say your direction is headed? And to kind of give you an example for Sean and I, it's always kind of been, we're working towards the best possible soccer player we can be. And then we know that will take us to, you know, yeah. unforeseen heights. <sighs> this is this is a good question for me. Um because I've been thinking about it as well for myself. Um, I would, I would also, I would agree with, with the answer that you guys have for yourself too. Um, I, I feel like um, I'm, I'm 28, uh, turning 29 in a couple of weeks. And while that's kind of like more towards the end of a lot of career spans for women, um, I, I definitely don't feel like I'm done anytime soon. Um, and soon can be a very arbitrary like amount of time. But um, so I feel like, and, and by saying that, I mean, I feel like there's still a lot more that I can show and express and develop and grow as a player. Um, that was one reason why I wanted to come to Sweden as well. Um, it felt like a place that I could really grow and, um, and kind of set a good tone as I head into like the World Cup qualifiers and all that. Um, so I think that's like a direction for me as as a player. I'm I'm really wanting to tap into like a more dangerous role um, mm. on the field. Um, I think I've been a very like like pass passive oh, keyword pass in there um, player. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh creative but like i i feel like i haven't tapped into like that dangerous uh creation okay yeah Mm -hmm. um and so that's like the direction that i i feel like i'm going in because i'm starting to do things that i only do when i'm just like you know training by myself on the field i'm starting to do it on in the game even though it doesn't look as sharp as when I'm doing it by myself <laughs> on a field, like that's where it starts, you know, like y- you don't get game reps until you do game reps, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's like my direction there. Um, and then I guess more like holistically, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I see like a little bit more mentorship or more like, um, like I'm more like, how do I say? um just being more open to like be like being like a resource for uh, other players um and other like aspiring players players from Jamaica players you know players of color you know whoever you know because I feel like for me growing up like there there was not there 
weren't as many role models or just like mm -hmm. pictures of people just being in places. And now we're starting to see that more. And um, and I think that's another reason why like I'm I'm really motivated to stay playing right now because I feel like I'm I'm part of that like very transformative like platform of people. Um, and that's something that like Jamaica is doing a lot. Like the more we win, the more we're really like adding to what a powerful team can look like. Um, so I don't really know <laughs> how that's an answer, but like that's oh, a no, that's an, that's an answer. That's an <laughs> okay, answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just toss that in there um, in, the, in the Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what that brings yeah. us. Brilliant. So then let's get right into the fast feet round and wrap it up. What about your favorite player growing up? Um, Rubinho. Ooh, wow, okay. Favorite moment? Um, favorite moment, first thing that comes to my head is uh, when playing Italy in the World Cup mm. and just like seeing all my family in the stands and hearing them. What about most difficult moment? <sighs> most difficult moment? Um, geez, I... There's been a few, yeah. There's been a few, um, but this one definitely tops it. This was when we lost to Canada 9-0 um, in our Olympic qualifiers in 2020. 2020 was just the year for like bad moments, but yeah, that was one was like- It's a shitty year. That was unjustified. We had no reason <laughs> losing like that, but yeah. Yeah, that kind of loss makes you question some things. Oh I've been, my god! Been on that receiving Life, end too. Yeah. Like yourself, yeah. like yeah. my shoes tied. I don't know. <laughs> you really get into some some deep places <laughs> on that bus ride home. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> Literally. How about favorite place to travel? On a lighter note. Um, it was, so far it's Jamaica. I'm biased, but doesn't mean favorite, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Favorite place you've lived? Uh, Colombia. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? Like as an athlete? Could be anything. Yeah, anything. could be. You could still gravitate towards athletics for sure. I would love to be like uh, just an incredible like table tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some That's great a answers. Passionate but hobby wow. of mine. <laughs> that is as unique as it gets. So what are your pass. skills like? They're pretty good? <laughs> They're not bad. My dad played, um, like in Jamaica, they have like high school teams. So okay. he taught us like the form, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So after like a couple of games, I could, I could do a little something. Hey, I think that, <laughs> I think that career is like, you don't really need to be in your twenties or thirties to be a ping pong. I feel like, I feel like you get true. better with age. Yeah, you might get better you with like wisdom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Best advice you ever received? Um, I would say, hmm, don't be afraid to be great. Ooh, like that one. Okay. Yeah. Best player you ever played with and against? Um, best player I've ever played against, I will say, uh, uh, Christian. Mm, okay. Wow. Yeah. I played against her, um, at PSG mm -hmm. and also we play Brazil. Mm. Um, best player that I've played with. Aaron Yenny. <laughs> I know, right? That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, I, it's either that or uh, Kevin Asher and Daniel Asher. <laughs> keep okay. it. Love keep it. it. Keep it, I love it. Yeah, great yeah. answer. Yeah, well, that's a triangle right there. Love it. <laughs> Your favorite book. 
Hmm. Um, I would say the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman, or recently, or not where the crawdads sing. Like incredible book. What is the name of it? Where the crawdads sing. Uh-huh. Always make notes on these. I love the recommendations. Mm, and it's yeah. and it's nice like because yeah we do actually have a book list on our oh. on our uh on our website it, okay. but thank you for reminding because we need to update it. we need to update it been, <laughs> been sleeping on that for the last yeah. month yeah. partly because we've got like three harry potters which just threw oh. everything off but, <laughs> <Dang>. yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say aragon for a second but i was like they don't even know that <laughs> <laughs> that's the, okay that's the third we'll write that one down too <laughs> and then our last thing how about a quote or mantra that you live by um I'd say a mantra is begin anywhere. And then a quote, um, this is actually from The Peaceful Warrior, which is why it's one of my favorite books, is, goes a little something like this. <laughs> Love it. Um, if you're going to sit, then sit. If you're going to stand, then stand. But whatever you do, don't wobble. We're going to have the mic drop there. Just mm. for people listening to this, just picture a mic dropping. That's great. I really like that. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to looking at this book. And what is what is the Peaceful Warrior about? If you had to give like a a snippet, I guess. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a um, it's not like a how to book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they made a movie out of it too. It's like way back when, but not that way back. Um, but it follows like a gymnast. And like, um, you know, and like in his journey of, I guess, being a, a top performing athlete and he meets like this kind of like he ends up being like a spiritual guide, but in a very like, you know, random place that you wouldn't expect. And like it just kind of follows the two of them and he kind of like teaches him, um, you know things i don't want to get too into it no good yeah no, no spoilers yeah. <laughs> i feel like it's one of those books the quotes around probably, things <laughs> yeah but you just draw probably so many life lessons from something like yeah this. and i haven't read in a while i actually did bring it with me here because i i wanted to like refresh but i i read it in high school uh when i was much more of a young work hog and um that it really like i, I actually know my mom uh, she's a big reader and would give us like a bunch of like spiritual books sometimes that's like a whole different podcast episode but uh had me had me read that book um when I was younger and it was like huh okay I I can get down to some of these things in here I love it well awesome. you've, already, you've already teased the audience for a, a part two which is going to be <laughs> just mostly spiritual um we're going to take you up on that and okay. <laughs> that might take two hours but yeah no that'll yeah. that'll be for the subscribers okay but cool <laughs> we want to thank you so much Chinyalu, for coming on sharing your story you know getting deep with us and um we know there's just going to be so much that young athletes young women anyone can take from this and yeah we really want to thank you again yeah it, this was really good i think like the time flew by at least yeah me, always but, yeah it's a good sign um, but it's thanks good for having sign. me it was, it was super dope to touch on these things and i'll probably be journaling about it some more maybe later because guys are bringing up some some mems love that yeah we have memory lane just yeah. like you said before the also podcast moving forward too so i, I yeah. appreciate it yeah Absolutely. thanks for anyone who's listening <laughs>
another one that I really enjoyed. I mean, such a unique perspective and journey. And I think, I mean, going to Kazakhstan is your first opportunity is when I heard that I was like, Oh my God, like I haven't heard something like that since our own Sean Vimberg went to freaking Mongolia. So, I mean, just kind of, you know, ripping the bandaid off, taking the training wheels off and really experience something like that. I think a, a major theme, and we touched on a lot of themes throughout the episode, she's had to do so much on her own without really having a playbook or a guidelines to follow, to know how to do it. You know, from going to Kazakhstan, from going to Norway, she said she didn't really do that much research because the opportunity came up and it was kind of like, you know, finding her way there. She's mentioned she's had a few different agents. It just seems like a very big thing where she's kind of had to just experience it, learn for herself, because there hasn't been many people who have made those paths and, and trailblazed those paths. And those are the type of people we'd love to have on there because, you know, not only are we learning so much from it, but I know our audience will take a ton from this. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's getting comfortable with not the unknown, but like you don't really know what's next all the time. And that's it's kind an uncertainty, of uncertainty. Yeah we're living and a lot of the people that we speak to live is that you're on a one-year contract and you don't know if you'll be in the same country the next year. Absolutely. And instead of worrying about that, you just play and, and enjoy where you are at the moment. And then it kind of will sort itself out. There is some planning you can do and there's things you can try to, to make things happen, but it's, there's only so much in your control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. You know, she looks a lot in front of her instead of looking at this, huge road down the end and complicating things. It's what can I do now? What can I take control of? And, you know, there's just so many different factions from, from this episode. I think, you know, she's always kind of had to prove herself and where she goes. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to see, you know, where she's taken her career, um, not even knowing that she would pursue being a professional, but just finding that love and having that love for the game, connecting it. And then, you know, learning along the way where what's working, what's not working, And, you know, learning to say no, I think that was such a great avenue that she took us down. And I hope a lot of people learn from that, because when you don't have the power in this game, a lot of the times you forget to say no. You know, you forget that you I don't know, you kind of see in that you have to say yes, because you you're not getting millions of dollars like a lot of these male athletes do in these big, you know, you don't always have that power. So it's finding that balance of when you can say no and, you know, really standing up for yourself. And she's done it by herself. She's done it with teams and made fantastic statements. And yeah, I, I'm really excited that we got her on. I'm really happy and um, looking for the future. And, you know, for all of those, she said she really wants to connect a little bit more with the next generations and help. So find her on Instagram, find, you know, us on Instagram. Um, a lot of great things coming, a lot of new reels, um, a lot coming on the on the our website, footwork.club. Check all that out. We have the book list if you want to look at any of our recommendations from people, from guests, from ourselves. And yeah, keep plugging and passing and you know, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't yeah. like. If you have ideas, guests, we'd like to build this as a community. So come along with us and yeah, join the club. Absolutely. And um we have big things coming in June, so uh, stay tuned for that. Ooh, we we're have back. a little. We're, back I think to these we're gonna things. put it out, you know. We're gonna put it out there. It'll come. It'll come. It'll be uh, a unique month. Let's leave it at that. Absolutely. But yes. So until next time, keep moving forward. Keep learning, and make your own path. 
Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands that make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official Footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs) 